Hello and welcome to IED Sports Baseball. Play ball! We're back. You got Kilroy, you got Mongo, and you got John. So the first week of baseball is up. It's really three days. And boy, howdy, what a three days it was. We're kicking things off with the injury bug that was the first three days. So there's a lot of major injuries. I think, what was it? A last count, Mongo has it as 10, made, 10 key injuries, uh, including Ray, Verlander, Freed, Popet, Popey, Popio, there we go, and Urias. All hit the, I, I, the, the, the IR. Uh, uh, Alvarez is limited, and Contreras dodged a bullet. But not a baseball. Oh. <laughs> okay, yeah, he took a pitch not off true. the thigh or the, or the calf or something. Something, uh, something you're not supposed to stop a baseball with, uh, but the x-rays there came back negative. Which is great. So the good news is for all these teams, well, maybe not all of them because I didn't, I don't know all the injuries in detail. At least it's early on. Oh, for sure. Get this, this is, out oh, of the sure. way. This is the time to this do it. This is when you want yes. the injuries. Get yourself going later when you want to be healthy when it matters. So that's my input on this. Um, let's hear you guys. Sure. John, I'm going to ask you first. Do any of these injuries stand out to you as particularly a big deal or particularly not a big deal? Uh, the only one I would say is maybe a big deal is Max Freed and his uh, hamstring injury, only because he is the ace of that staff. But I think they're okay because they still have Spencer Strider, Kyle Wright, uh, Ian Anderson. So they're okay. And another one would be Verlander because of the contract he got and his arm or his elbow. I don't remember what he got. But he won't be out for long. They said he'll still be throwing, which is a good sign, only in a minor minor manner. So it's, those are the only two. And the other three are eh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the second part of your logic there. To me, the Max Fried one is the one that's going to get overplayed because he's such a good player. But at the end of the day, aside from having starters depth, we know that that bullpen is is otherworldly dumb when it comes to its depth. And as Kilroy alluded to, this is the time of year you know you're going to have a bunch of weird rainouts early on. The schedule's a little softer early on. If you have to exhaust your bullpen with a couple bullpen games here and there to get through this, you're going to accidentally be able to make that up, you know, whether Mother Nature will be on your side at some point. Um, the one that I think is going to get no respect that I think is worth a look, and this is, you can blame me, Milwaukee fans, because we definitely jinxed this on last oh. week's episode. Um, we talked about, uh, I'm going to talk about the Luis Urias injury here. And um, we talked last week about how Milwaukee chose not to keep Luke Voigt and not to keep Tyler Naquin. And 
Um, I forget if we said this on the air or off, but we ultimately concluded that part of the reason for that was a need to keep Bryce Terang around because this team is so comically short on depth in the middle of the infield. And without fail, it's immediately going to get tested here. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they go find somebody off the trash heap or just try and get by with some sort of triple A, double A depth. Um, but we managed to pick that as a, as a noticeable weakness for a playoff caliber team, and it immediately is going to be tested. Um, otherwise, I'm with you. The Verlander one is is weird just because it's the most typical Mets thing that can happen. It's the only one that wasn't an in-game injury. About two hours before the season started, just, oh, hey, by the way, guys, that guy, not going to be joining us today. Um, you know, Verlander effectively called out sick. Um, you're right that it's not going to be major. Um, he even said if this was the playoffs, he could go right now. Um, but I do think if you are a Met fan and you are – you are in any way timid about this season because the Mets got a Mets. Uh, this is about the most, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, that's who we are. That's right, moment you could have had to start this season. And the Mets, <clears throat> you know, it's not the first one so far. The Mets have been having quite the Mets all, uh, uh, beginning of the, of the of the season with the, um, you know, with uh, through the offseason. They had a big offseason, but also they had a, dis- uh, not a disappointing, but a that whole, uh, uh, Carlos Correa, Carlos Correa nonsense, nonsense, and um, um, we had Edwin Diaz celebrate himself right out of the season, right as well. And then, you know, so so that's that's you know a little bit concerning if you're Mets fans moving forward because you know those aren't the things you want early on. You want you want to have things not go wrong in a season that you really feel like you have a good chance at advancing in the postseason, especially after how last year in the postseason went. Right. And, and just bringing it back around, if you're the Braves, yes, you lost Max Freed, but if you're looking around the rest of your division, the Mets got it even worse. You got the Phillies who we didn't talk about this last week because we were doing our superlative show, but uh, Reese Hoskins went down um, in the season game. Um, He's going to be out uh, quite a while. And so they've lost Hoskins and Harper Marlins. Eh, eh. So if you're the Braves, you're down a you're down an ace, and you're you're still on paper. You know the guys you're putting out there each day. You're still by far the best team in the division right now. So Bob's got to be happy so, about that. Yeah, shout out Bob. We got you. Um. So yeah, I mean, honestly, with with that, you know, those in, that injury uh to the to that division, the injuries to that yeah, division, rough, rough start in the uh, in the NL East for sure. And and it's funny because uh we both, all three of us, I'm pretty sure, had those. Both those teams being the top two yep. teams in that division. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's way too early. It's literally three days into baseball, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, you know, most luckily, both of these shouldn't be extended injuries. If the Braves are smart, they'll take Freed along slowly. Hamstrings are tricky, right. so that they're better off taking their time with it, getting him ready. Let's see how it goes. I think that this season. Uh, boy, baseball starting off. Baseball, it's 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 fun. Baseball's been enjoyable. I know I haven't always been. Uh, I've been a little bit less of a fan of baseball in the past few years than I was when I was younger. But I'm getting back into the swing of things. And man, this is a great season to start back up into baseball. Yeah, I'll just I'm gonna pull back the curtain here for a second, John. I don't even know if you know this because you've only joined our show, our our team here at I80 recently. Um, normally, we film somewhere between eight and eleven p.m. And if our lighting looks a, a little bit different today, it's because we're filming this thing before noon, which that's not my scene. If it was up to me, I'd be sleeping another couple hours. I'm not a morning person. So when these guys said, wake up, it's time to talk about what's happened in baseball so far. 
I was here for it uh, because the, how could you not want to talk about this? Uh, the new rules, which we're about to talk about, have been crazy. Uh, there have been a bunch of offensive outbursts, a bunch of great pitching efforts. Um, we, we have a whole bunch of injuries changing the field right off the bat. The power, the first yeah. power ranking changes, you know, that Yahoo and ESPN and everyone loves to do are going to be nuts because of this. It's just for, for a sport where the, you know, the stigma is, oh, it's 162 games. And no one day, no one weekend is going to matter. Uh, this mattered a lot. Just happened. It, yeah. it, it definitely did. And I think that that's a good segue into the, into the next topic, which is the pitch clock. Oh yeah. I love it. I adore this. So, I love this. Day, uh, 14, 14, 1 4 clock violation, pitching clock violation, pitching slash batting clock which, violations. Which, if that sounds like a lot, that's less than one. That's less. Yeah. Which, shout out to the professional players that they are for, for the most part, figuring this out. Um, because in a sport where a balk is not that 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 uncommon, an error is not that uncommon, a caught stealing is not that uncommon, mistakes happen in the game of baseball. I mean, we have these stats that are designed to catch people napping on the rules. Yep. And so uh, the fact that it happened less than once a game this early on as they're still figuring it out. Because mm-hmm. remember, some of these guys, I mean, I'm not saying that necessarily all 14 of these, but some of these guys – were injured in the spring training. They were at the yeah. World Baseball Classic. They weren't playing with a clock. So it's not like everybody had a full array of spring training games to figure this out. So this is still going to take some time. Plus, it's early on. These guys are some of these games were played in like 35, 40 degree weather. It's freezing out there. You can't blame a pitcher for taking two extra seconds to get his arm up when I I need an extra hour and a half in the morning when it's winter here in Jersey because I don't want to go outside. Like I don't fault them for doing it in the first month or so. But I do have yeah. to say it's you're going to have this in the beginning. It's totally normal with any rule change. Players have to adjust. Even with playing with it during the spring training, there was going to be these things. They just it doesn't. Maybe they probably shouldn't have picked this year because you had the World Baseball Classic. Was it probably a bad year to start it? Not because it's a bad rule. I think it's going to be a, 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 a important rule moving forward in baseball. I just feel like maybe time was not necessarily a good choice uh, because again, like you were saying, not everyone got to, to experience it in the offseason because of the World Baseball Classic. And by the way, real quick, shout out, congratulations, Japan. Oh, yeah. We yeah. forgot to congratulate them last week. We were busy yeah. doing our superlatives. Congratulations, Japan. Uh, you beat America. <laughs> who, who looked very good through everything until Japan, but Japan also looked really, really good. Those yeah. are, I'll tell you, the World Baseball Classic, when we have more time, because there's so much going on. We'll talk about what we liked and we didn't like. I think it was, I'll be honest, I think it was overhyped. I think there are people who just saw an opportunity to look proud and, and and got on their high horse on the radio. But you have to admit, conceptually, taking super teams and putting them against each other, the level of skill was was stupid. As a sports fan, it was very fun to watch. But there's also Olympics. Take note. <clears throat> you can do baseball in the Olympics. This proved it. Mm. You could do any sport if the best players on earth win. I mean, when be- even when the NBA was starting to not send its best of its best and we were relying on Stefan Marbury to bring all the gold, it lost its it lost its traction. Part of the reason that these these sports that do or don't 
I mean, there are more people who would rather watch like celebrity diving on ABC than the swimming in the Olympics, because at least we know who those people are. It, it, there is definitely, and I hate to, to generalize it to that level, but you all know it's true. It has to do with the fact that we're watching people that we understand, that we relate to. There were people on some of these teams that you thought there's no way on earth this person is from this country, but at least you knew who they were as opposed to just a ninth person who plays for that team's nation being there. And, and is that a bit of a shallow take because I'm basically admitting I don't follow the actual world of baseball? Yeah, 100%. I can't name nine guys currently playing in an Italian professional league. Of course I can't. But I can name guys who play in the major leagues who are on that Italian roster and going, huh, that's cool. I'll watch that game. So again, it, it has to do with the fact that they really, really did a good job of, of loading up these teams. And I, not that they did. I mean, it's up to these guys to play. Um, so bravo to, to the athletes for wanting to go out there and represent. Uh, so back to the pitch clock, which is where this was going. Uh, so yeah, I feel like it was not necessarily a great choice to do it this season. They could have waited another season when you didn't have the World Baseball Classic going on this way. Everyone was on the same page or who wasn't just injured. Uh, but, you know, that was their choice. Uh, boy, let's just – I, I, I want to talk about this one in particular. So there was a, a, a pitch clock violation in the Phillies-Texas game, and Rob Manfred was at the game. I always say his name wrong. That's why I had Mongo say it. Um, and he was actually uh, in the booth while this happened. And, boy, if you guys haven't got a chance to watch that, go out, go on one of those video websites and check it out. It is hilarious the whole time through he's again he's he's in it watching it as it happens he's like oh and he he literally says of course this happens while i'm on <laughs> while i'm in the booth uh the pitcher uh the the pitcher lost his hearing from the the device that they have in there they have to to, to signal to each other how much time is left uh he lost it he, he signaled to the umpire that he couldn't hear the umpire stopped it called him over <laughs> They talked about it. Umpire in the said it doesn't matter according to the rules because the clock hit zero. You are now in a violation, even though he called essentially said I can't hear with uh, with at least two seconds left. So that's obviously you know the the manager was not happy about that. Calls back you know comes out talks to the to the head umpire. Then they the umpires congregate, ultimately overturn it, and uh, you know. That's that. That was like it's 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 interesting. It ended up not being you know that big of a deal. It did take time, so obviously that's something that the uh, the, the umpires, the players, the managers all will have to adjust it to. Eventually, it will start going faster. It's just early on. It's going to take some time. Everyone's learning, uh, so it will be interesting moving forward how quick the decisions will be, especially if there is some discrepancy going on in that situation. Uh, all all altogether. There seems to be some sort of error, or not error, uh, some issues with the, the clock being shown to people watching the game and the actual clock in the game. It seems to hang on the one second. It will actually go to zero, but it won't show it on the, 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 the TV. It will still show it as one second, but the umpires have a band on their wrist that goes off when it hits zero, and that's what they're told to go off of. So the umpires, you know, so you'll you'll be watching it and it will it will still say one and you'll hear the umpire say clock violation. Right. I think that's what they, they, they're yelling. It sounds or at least that's what it looks like they're yelling. I mean, it kind of sounds like they're yelling. Rah! I mean, they're just stopping traffic. I mean, that's all. And they're, they're doing their job because 
the few that I was able to see live, you know, it wasn't like when a batter calls time late and the pitcher throws it into the fourth row in frustration. <laughs> you know, the pitcher was able to recognize there was a problem. And even if they finished their windup, they kind of just lobbed it in there. Um, so it's, it's definitely being effective. Now, there are two separate issues here in these two stories. Let me go back to the, to the Manfred sure. one first. Um, I'm, I'm okay with how Manfred handled it. I think um, if you if you really want to see a rough interview um, at the Yankee game on Yes, they had um, the mayor in the booth. They had Mayor Eric Adams in the booth and what they were hoping was going to be a very short inning. And it turned out to be the inning that the Yankees brought seven guys to the plate and scored a couple of runs. And Michael Kay, God bless you, man. You tried your best. But, uh, man, did they just have to start improving with the mayor of New York City, and that did not end well. So if you really want to watch a disaster, go check that out. But I think the only thing Manfred did wrong was that he emphasized it. Um, you know, this is a rule. This is no different than if a, a you know, if a balk or if an infield fly rule was called when he was in the booth. What you ultimately want to do, to your point, you want to normalize this. You want oh, to yeah. just make it be a normal rule. And so to emphasize it as any sort of special rule, I mean, you're doing it right now because it's new. But the sooner that we can forget these rules exist, the better it's going to be for the rule actually, you know, getting in there. Um, now, as for the clock issue, um, you know, and, and I, I'm curious to hear from you guys in a second how you prefer your clock to be shown. It's based on the network. Um, you know, the MLB cannot send out a rule that says, dear, yes, dear SNY, dear whoever, you have to put up the clock starting at 12 seconds. Those are, I mean, they can try and bargain that, but they certainly can't say that. It's an independently owned company. And so you have different networks doing it in different ways. Um, the Yankees didn't really show it that much. SNY was kind of doing like what the NFL does. Um, and uh, I don't know the name of the company, I'm sorry, but the Red Sox uh, network was also doing the same thing at about 10 seconds, it would pop up. Um, and you do get that situation, like when you're watching football and the delay of game, you know, the game clock comes on and it does, sorry if I'm ruining anyone's dreams, the game clock you see on Fox on a Sunday watching football also doesn't perfectly match the stadium. That's why it goes down to zero a hundred times a game and then it's never called. Um, so it's it's just the way that the technology works with the television. Um, and so, um, you know, you can't be going off of that. If you're going to be sitting there for, you know, two and a half hours complaining every time you see it hit zero or not hit zero, save yourself the time. That's not going to do you any favors. Um, I personally like um, being able to see the clock only because if a pitcher does something out of character for them, they do throw a quick pitch or they do throw a crazy ball. You know, a ball is just out of the strike zone by two feet, but you can see, oh, he had to throw. It makes you feel better about your pitcher. For the actual purposes of being at the at the TV going, there it is, there it is, you got him, you got him. No, that, that's dumb. It doesn't work because it's not even official correct clock, but it does help explain why the pitcher's doing what he's doing. So um, what do you guys think? Are, do, you, I, do you like seeing the clock? So I, 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 like, care less? I like the idea of a clock. I don't um, like what they do in the NFL where it's there, but they don't highlight it till there's like 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. If they just keep it there the whole time and then it goes red or yellow or purple, whatever color baseball wants it to be, or the each station wants it to be when it's like the last ten seconds. I think that that's great. I don't know how long is uh, how how long is the clock. I I know I should know, I should know this, but it's not seconds. coming to my brain. So it's fifteen seconds if nobody's on nobody, base. Nobody. Twenty seconds if somebody's on base. Eight seconds is when the pitch needs to be. Uh, you know, everyone needs to be ready oh, to go. Yeah. That's fine. I'm fine with that. Then uh, yeah, at ten seconds, I think is 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 a good time then for yeah. it to be highlighted. And I think that 
that's something that they'll eventually it's something it's a learning curve for everyone right like this is not like a, it's it's literally three days into the season yeah absolutely it, it will work itself out i know there's going to be a bunch of angry fans out there because they're it's baseball they're always angry now we did have sorry john you go ahead first what do you think about the clock and then i'll, I'll so one clock I, I i like it um i like it when it it doesn't have to be on the screen all the time but i like it when it would turn to 10 so i was watching the red sox game versus the orioles on opening day um and they didn't have the clock of when uh shout out to rafael devers for being the first one to get the pitch clock violation we'll talk about um, that in a minute <laughs> um so i don't think they had the timer up but once it hit 10 seconds it was up i don't i don't remember but uh, I think their commentators were starting to talk like, oh, Raphael's not ready. Rafi is not ready. And once it hit past eight seconds, they paused time and gave Raphael Devers a strike for it. And he knew he didn't argue with it. So shout out to Rafi. Yeah, so uh, just, just to clarify there, and this is the one I wanted to talk about. Raphael Devers becomes the first person to get punched out on a clock violation. It wasn't the first batter clock violation of the day. That honor actually belonged to Austin Hayes, earlier in the day, but that turned like a 1-1 count into a 1-2. Um, Devers was the first actual um, strikeout. Um, by the way, real quick before we talk about Devers, uh, my, my we had a catcher take too long throwing the ball back, um, and we had Pete Alonzo taking Lonzo, too long yes. getting back to first on a foul ball. So we had a hitter, a batter, a catcher, and a runner all get called for violations over the weekend. So I, I do like the consistency. I do like that. If you're the one wasting time, you get the penalty. I'm all about that. However, this is what we see in the NBA. We see that all any fan ever says is, I just want consistency. And so now that you've already punched out Devers day one, now if you want this rule to truly maximize itself, you're going to have to call it every single time, which means now flash forward to – September, um, you know, it's Mariners, Rangers playing for the final wild card spot. And, um, you know, Marcus Simeon gets punched out with the bases loaded and two outs in the eighth, or more importantly, doesn't. Well, now we're going to have the same issue the NBA does. So it, it hopefully for both the fan's sake and the MLB's sake, that first punch out has basically set precedent. We are just going to play to our wrist. If we feel that this is on our hand, we're going. We don't care the situation of the game. We don't care if it's Trout or if it's the 27th man on the on the Rays. Whoever it is, whatever the situation in the game, we're calling it no matter what. And if they do that, it's a really fun rule. I've really liked it so far. But the first time it's revealed that stars are getting calls or it's situational, we're only going to call it in the first six innings. We're going to let them play a few extra seconds in the end. You could have a, a situation like the final two minutes of basketball that has made the refs absolute pariahs in the NBA. So calling it this early, that's the only concern. Yeah, I mean, baseball, just make sure to to not do that. We, we don't want it to be where – again, I understand the importance of stars in sports. They are very, very important. But especially when we're talking about like, you know, playoff implication games obviously the rule is going to impact the game you want that mm -hmm. that's why you have the rule you don't want it to be oh well this star is going to get special treatment in this you know important game but you know it, it it does leave a bad taste in your mouth if you're a fan and honestly that is like mongo said one of the biggest complaints with the nba right and the big difference here mlb you have the advantage because this is an objective rule it is a it's it's not like the NBA where 
oh, well, you know, from this perspective, it looks like his feet were moving, but from this perspective, his feet weren't. From this perspective, he got a piece of the hand, but from this perspective, you know, so you could see how a ref would miss a, an image. Here, if the if the clock that the ump clearly has, you know, that, that you know, ability to feel, okay, it hit that time, or, you know, there's an actual clock right in front of everybody, it's pretty obvious did they miss the call or not. Um, so this this should be a little bit easier to to mandate. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next part real quick. We have, um, I'm sorry, my list went away. Give me a moment. That's all right. Just have a couple quick hits to end the episode on. There were, this is more of the, if, if we did segments on the show, this would be the in case you missed it portion of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's talk. So, so real quick, sticking with the shot, with, with the shot, the shot clock. I'm sorry, the pitch clock. Mm-hmm. Um, on average, games were down 31 minutes opening day, which yes. is great. That's what they wanted. And that's actually surprisingly higher than I thought. So it's a slightly misleading stat because I don't know how many games went to extra innings on opening day last year, no. but um, the nine inning average is 27 minutes well, still, the opening day, which is still great. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Oh, but yeah. four of those minutes are, are attributed to some game opening day last year went to extra innings. But regardless, that's still a large, substantial chunk of time, especially when you look at there were some real offensive shootouts on opening day. It wasn't like every game ended three nothing. You know, we had a couple games hit double digits that that did not seem to affect this average. Uh, stolen bases are up so far. I love that. I too. love it. For all those of you who know, I there, there's big. one there's one stolen base that I love, and it was on opening day. It was Yankees and Giants, and Anthony Volpe in his first at bat walks, and the pitcher was so scared he was going to run. Anthony Volpe just stand on the bag and he threw over and everybody was confused on why he even threw over. And then the very next pitch, he took off and stole the base. I love that. It's the one stolen base that I love. I feel like it is a very important part of the game and I'm glad it so far seems to be back in the game. Yeah, the uh, you know what John just alluded to the the gamesmanship. Now that we have the limited number of pickoff attempts, um, you saw it there. Basically, Volpe effectively trying to fish out a you know a, a pickoff attempt. Um, I, I do. Before we all get super excited, um, I do just want to say um, we know that from the pitcher's perspective, they're just trying to get through five six innings opening day healthy. Um, they don't feel like these first couple weeks necessarily. Um, you know, matter when it comes to how they're remembered throughout the year. Um, whereas on the flip side, batters are trying to get loose. They want to be out there running or else they're going to uh, freeze to death standing on the base path in these first couple weeks. So, I mean, it naturally, and the stats don't back this statement up, but when you just use common sense for a minute, naturally there's an incentive for more stolen bases at the beginning of the season. Um, so we'll wait and see if this dwindles at all. Um, but I, I, I do. I, there's no reason to be concerned. I mean, it, everything about it is good. It's just a matter of do we have correlation or, or causality here. Um, but regardless of the reason, you're absolutely right. It's still a bunch of stolen bases. It's still really fun to watch. Yep. Uh, let's move on to real quick the Phillies. Uh, is there a bit of concern for the Phillies? Uh, you're no. saying that they are giving up <laughs> an average of 13.5 runs per game? <laughs> yes, they got jacked up by the Texas Rangers. And um, the reason why that is a concern is because uh, they, it's not like they lost 15 to nothing and 11 to nothing. They put up runs. Um, They got outscored something like 27 to 11 in that, in those first two games, they did their end of the bargain. And that's why it's a problem. We talked about it in, you know, in kind of the injury rundown, no Hoskins, no Harper, 
you you'd expect they're going to have to try and win some games four to two, uh, you know, three to one. They're going to have to get lower scores because there is no way this lineup without those guys is reaching double digits. It's, you know, on a regular basis. Now, again, it's only one game. So it, for each guy, but it was Nola and Wheeler pitching. It's not like they, they due to injuries, you know, on the pitching staff had to make something work. Um, they sent out their two best and their two best got absolutely shelled. Um, now the Rangers are, are not a slouch lineup. I mean, you can make a, a ton of excuses, but at the end of the day, and, and we actually, we said last week, we actually, we agreed we wouldn't talk about a specific team or a specific record because it's only two games, three games in for everybody. How can you be worried? But in the case of the Phillies, we know they're going to be coming off a World Series hangover. We know that they already feel the pressure because of the injuries. We know Rob Thompson feels the pressure coming off the interim tag. They have more incentive than just about anybody to finish strong. And so to start 0-2 in the most embarrassing fashion, where if you were to just in a vacuum power rank just off the regular season so far, they're clearly team 30 out of 30. That's not what you want. They need to turn this around very quickly. Also, it doesn't look good for our predictions. No, I mean, now again, it's always it's early. It's way, way, way early. But if if there's one team that you're like, man, they need to have a quick kumbaya moment and get their get their head straight, it's definitely the Phillies after this first weekend. Uh, anything? Uh, real quick, let's talk um, the pitchers. Oh, okay. John, do you mind talking that? That's that. That's something you wanted to talk. Oh yeah, I just wanted to shout out some of the great performances we had on opening day because there was so many shutouts between six innings with the Yankees with Eric Cole. He pitched six innings, 10 strikeouts for 11. And uh, Pablo Lopez of the Twins also threw a shutout before he threw six innings. I don't really know how many strikeouts. Um, Shane McClanahan against the Tigers, he threw a shutout. He threw six innings, eight strikeouts. Marcus Stroman shut out the Brewers through six innings he also had eight strikeouts and he sorry to cut you off he also had the first pitch clock violation of the for year. a pitcher for the pitcher yeah and then shout out to dylan sees he pitched six innings 10 strikeouts no walks which walks are a big thing of his game sadly they after he came out they gave up runs and then shout out to Shohei as well 10 strikeouts through six innings Sadly, they ended up blowing the blowing the game after uh, Shohei came out, but good for him. And then shout out to the Rockies for beating the Padres on opening day at, <laughs> at Echo <quick>. Park. <laughs> I think we're going to honor any Rockies win this season. That's true. That's we the should. only one. <laughs> um, real quick, can not can he? I mean, I know he's capable of it. Will he? Will Shohei? Win MVP and a Young in the same season uh, this year or eventually? Uh, eventually, yes, yes. Okay, it's going to be enough. tough this year. It's going to be tough because uh, the AL is stacked with pitchers who can be top dogs between Dylan Cease, Jacob Degrom, their Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon. So it's kind of, I mean, he was in the conversations last year, but. It's like it seems like all these pitchers are playing with like a chip on their shoulder this year. So, very tough. All right. Thank you all so much for watching. Remember, like, share, subscribe, ring that notification bell. Comment down below your favorite part of the first week of baseball. Absolutely. Can I get it on one last? Sure. One last thing. 
Um, so because every team is playing every team this year, we're going to get a lot of these guys who left a team last year and are coming back. So we're going to try and give you a what to watch for each week. John just mentioned Pablo Lopez looked great in his first start. He comes back to Miami for the first time since the RA uh, Lopez trade this offseason. He's scheduled to pitch Wednesday. So be on the lookout for the Pablo Lopez revenge game on Wednesday. All right. Thank you again. Yankee fan, Yankee fan, Yankee fan. And if you want to know why we're so proud to be Yankee fans, look no further than those fans who were kind enough to print out um, the tweet that Aaron Judge was going to be a giant from this past <laughs> summer and have it plastered all over Yankee Stadium when the Giants came there for opening weekend. Well done, Yankee fans. We salute you. See you all. Have a good night, everybody.